Let's go to the book of John, chapter number 1. John, chapter number 1, and verse number 16. John, chapter number 1, and verse number 16. John chapter number one. So this is part two. I gave the first part of this, the gift of God's favor. We looked at the facet of grace. And there's many facets to grace. And we talked about grace being, meaning that uh, it refers to graciousness, uh, the show of kindness or favor. Uh, and we looked at some phrases in the Old Testament that talked about that it says uh, some men and women that they found grace in the sight of God. We looked at Noah, and we looked at Moses, we looked at Job. And then we found areas in our lives uh, that God gives us grace, and it starts with salvation. Number one, it starts with salvation, and then as you grow in your spiritual law, God enables you and gives you grace in number two, that is spiritual gifts. So God gives you the ability uh, to get gifts so that you can use it in the service uh, to worship God and work with God with it and to benefit each other in the church. And then we also see that God's grace is powerful, that his grace uh, abounds. Even when sin abounds, grace did much more abound. And we talked about sins forgiven, number three, sins forgiven, And then we continued and talked about separation of service and talking about in service, God sets us apart and it's his grace that calls us and enables us and his favor that leads us into doing something special for him. All right, Pastor was talking about, Pastor Cole has been talking about God's will and there is such a thing as the revealed will of God and those are the things that is all for all of us and the Bible talks about it here. And then there's the concealed will of God. And in that, God gives us grace or separates us for service and to do those things. And then not only does he gets us into service, but he strengthened us while we're in service. And that was number five, the strength for service. And then we come upon this thought, God's grace is first given at salvation. That's where it starts. But we continue to have it by being plugged in with Jesus Christ. And we come to this verse uh, that we're going to go ahead and move on to the second part of this message is John chapter number 1 and verse number 15. Let me read that to you. Let's stand for the honor of the word of God. Let's read 15 all the way to 18, and then we'll continue tonight. Uh, John bare witness of him, uh, verse number 15, cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received grace for grace. And we try to define that awesome, awesome passage of scripture right there. An awesome phrase. Uh, it's an unlimited uh, power, unlimited uh, strength that we can find right there. God promises that in his fullness, in the fullness of God, if we really take God for all who he is, and we really enjoy it, we'll experience what this uh, phrase is saying, grace for grace. He'll give us grace to go through something. He'll give us grace to do something else. He'll give us grace to grow. He'll give us grace to forgive. He'll just keep giving us grace, enablement, enablement to keep winning, to keep being in victory and to see 
God do miraculous things through our life. Amazing verse. If you want to memorize that, that would be a good verse to memorize. Verse 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And it's because of salvation. It has to start with salvation. If you're lost tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ, you will not experience this grace unless you first experience it in this. For by grace are ye saved through faith. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. He gives you the ability to be born again. All right? Verse 18. No man hath seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he had declared him, and let us pray, Lord, we come and guide us now and help me to be clear, help my mind to be focused. Lord, help me to be a vessel of honor unto you. Use me as an instrument, Lord, tonight. Help those that are listening. Thank you for all those that came tonight. Lord, bless each and every one of us. May we find encouragement, the fact that we can find grace for whatever it is that we're going through. And whatever task you've given to us, Lord, we bless you and thank you again in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, we find that it starts with salvation, but then he wants to give you grace as you continue to walk in your Christian life. There's other preachers that have preached things such as uh, grace and salvation and talked about dying grace, talking about living grace and different such things. And uh, you can find that, and uh, those are good things. I'm going to give you now the, the next part of my message here. It's not, it's not co- conclusive in these points, but I'm going to give you some points to kind of illustrate this grace for grace. All right? And God bestows grace by looking at uh, characteristic of Christians. All right? Grace uh, that God wants to give you uh, at the beginning is a gift. It's a gift. You're in with God for free. There's nothing he required of you except your faith. You just have to trust him. And when you trust him as your savior, he saves you. Hallelujah. There's nothing you had to do to earn that. And it was just given freely. And he's a gracious God in that way. But then he moves on as we mature in Christ. He's saying to us, all right, I'm going to give you grace now so I can get you to this point. Why? Because... By, by you getting the grace that I need for you to have this point, there's going to be extra grace you're going to need to get you to this point. And then once I get you to this point in your Christian life, I'm going to have to have more grace that I'm going to have to in, in bestowed upon you to get you to the next point. And so there's some checkpoints in our Christian life. And the first one is the easiest. The first one is Christianity is born again in Jesus Christ. That's the first step. Get saved. But after you get saved... God's going to give you grace to get you to the next point, and then he wants to do something with you at that point in your life. And so we look at some of these characteristics here. There's five that I have tonight, and we'll be done. Uh, Number one, righteous. Righteous. Look at Psalms, the book of Psalms, chapter number five and verse number 11. The book of Psalms, chapter number five and verse number 11. It says in the book of uh, Psalms, uh, 5.11, But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy. Is that a strange thing for you? Is that a strange thing for you right here? Look at the thought here again. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. 
Is that Philippians kind of synonymous with that? Philippians 4.4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He didn't promise that your life and the situation and the circumstances is going to be easy or it's going to be something comfortable. But he did promise that he will give us grace. He will give us grace so that we can continue to live a righteous life. And look at what it says here. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice, let them ever shout for joy. Okay, if that is describing a Christian, I'm asking you, have you ever had a shouting spell because God has been so good and has done amazing things in your life? That should happen more often than we realize. That should happen more often than we like to admit. We need to have some rejoicing spells. We need to be rejoicing and shouting for joy. Look at this. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. God is our helper. God is our, uh, will fight the battles for us. All of those verses come to mind when I read that. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. We talked about being Jesus Christ is enough. And so have that spirit about you. Verse number 12. For thou, Lord, would bless the righteous. With favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield. We're talking about grace here as God's gift of favor. And so he's going to give us that uh, grace and favor if we live a righteous life. Now, who can be righteous on their own? None of us. None of us can be righteous on our own. In fact, the Bible says our righteousness outside of Jesus Christ, our goodness, our morality, our, uh, that makes us in the eyes of men before we met Jesus, makes us good. God says in his book of Isaiah, it is filthy. That's his description of our righteousness. He said our righteousness is filthy rags. That's his uh, view of our righteousness outside of his. But when you came to Jesus Christ... Who imputes now his righteousness on you? Jesus Christ does. So I stand righteous today because of the grace I got through Jesus Christ by being saved. Now, continuing in this, guess what? I want to remain righteous. That simply means that I'm abiding in Jesus Christ because his ever-abiding presence will give me victory. Because that's where it's the source. So if I decide to pull out of Jesus Christ and then do it myself, that's why in Galatians it says, uh, you began in the spirit, are you now made perfect through the flesh? It makes a question mark in there. And a lot of us burn out in our Christian walk, and it's a source of burnout, is because we don't realize we are taking the source of our strength and effort and energy and service for God, we're really taking it about ourselves. And we should not. Because the verse we read in John 1, verse number 16, God says, I will give you grace for grace. That's why missionaries say this. God's supply will always go with his call. If God calls you to do something, if God has a mission for you, he will make sure that the supplies come your way so you can get it done. I've seen it over and over and over again. Uh, Pastor Cole just made mention of Brother Mueller, George Mueller. I'm glad I'm his brother. What a life. What a testimony. 
I wish I could have said I never wrote anything I needed on my prayer letter. I was a missionary. Man, that was amazing for him not to write anything for anybody to know. He just prayed to the Lord. What a what a what an example of God's grace for grace. That's incredible. And so righteousness has to be desired by us because righteousness keeps us, that grace that God gives us to be righteous, that keeps us close to Jesus Christ so that we can get grace some more to keep going, to keep doing things, and to continue in this work. Look at Proverbs 14 and verse number 9. Proverbs 14 and verse number 9. Fools make a mock at sin. And a lot of people are doing that today. They look at sin and it is something to laugh at. It's something to, oh, it's not a big deal. Fools make a mock of sin. But among the righteous, there is favor. But among the righteous, there is favor. All right? I, like, I, like, I look at favor, and Jesus says in, in, in Scripture, in the New Testament, as he lived his life on earth, the Bible gives us uh, statements in the New Testament that God grew in favor both with God and man. Guys, I'm telling you, we cannot change anybody's mindset. We can't even change how people think. We can't make people choose. But this is the next best thing. If we got God on our side and we work with God, God holds the king's hand in his hand, the king's heart, and he turn it with whoever he will. And there's stories of stories of stories how how men of God and women of God in the past, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, Daniel, just to think of Daniel. How did God do that? They're supernatural people. No, they were just like you and me. They just believed God can give them grace for grace. And they did amazing things. They did amazing things, and God did amazing things for them. There's some difficulties in your life. There's some problematic problems. There, well, there are. There's no other problems but problematic. But uh, there's problems. There's, 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 there's pressure and there's burdens. Can I encourage you? Can I encourage you? Go to John 1.16 and say to God, I'm going to hold you to that promise of grace for grace. And you have given me the, the, the imputed righteousness by you, Jesus Christ, and so now I'm going to live my life. I'm going to pursue righteousness. I want to stay right with you so that I can get your favor. And so that when I witness, there's power. When I talk to somebody and when I minister, there's an effectual, fervent work that's happening. The Holy Ghost gets behind it and things get done. Things get done. We need the favor of God in this church. They labor in vain that build this house. If God doesn't build it, we labor in vain. We need God's favor. We need God's blessing. We need God's grace. We need God to say, there's a church in New York, in Eden, New York, that is wanting to see souls saved. Let's give them favor. Let's, when, they, when people turn to the, to the live stream, uh, let's them, let, let, them, let them feel welcome at that church. Let them hear some of those messages and, and let them be drawn to those places. And when they see us walking around out there and uh, we're doing our business and when they hear that we're from Faith Bible Baptist Church, maybe we have favor with them and God will draw and use us to draw them to himself. 
Man, I'm asking favor for God left and right. God, give us favor in, with our children. Give us favor in our marriage. Uh, Brianna is going to go off and try to be a missionary here. Let's give favor to her. God, make the path clear. Make it smooth. Work in ways I can't. Because we want God to do something amazing. You can sit there and wait and watch somebody else's life uh, get blessed by God. Or you can say, he's, he's, he, their God is mine. It's the same God. I'm going to go after it. I'm going to go after it. I'm going to go after it. I want to see soul saved in Eden, New York. I want to see people walk from their houses to this church. I want to see it happen. I want to see it happen. I want to see us do uh, what God wants us to do. Here's another Another grace that we need to have. And we can't have it except for the grace that God gives us. And that's number two, wise. So we see righteous. Now we see wise. Look at Proverbs 8 and verse number 33. Proverbs chapter number 8 and verse number 33. Proverbs 8 and verse number 33. Hear instruction and be wise. And refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. For whoso findeth me, findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death. For whoso findeth me, findeth life, and shall obtain favor. Of the Lord. And I say this to us the Lord is for us. The Lord is with us. He is ours. As much as we are His, we are on the Lord's side. And so it is not unusual for God to work with His people. Israel, I hope you're praying for them. I hope you'll have them in your mind. Uh, Whatever is happening over there is setting it up for us to be out of here. But do you not see God's favor, what I'm talking about, in that group of people? How that God protects them? That how God tries, in his, not tries, but does an amazing job of having them exist when everybody around them wants them to be gone. And amazing how they're there because of God's favor. I want that for you, and I want that for me. If we expect to do amazing and great things at Faith Bible Baptist Church. And we've seen it in the past. We're seeing it, and we want to see it continue to happen. We need the favor of God. And so let us look at righteousness and say, I want to be righteous, not just to do and follow a bunch of rules, but because it gives me the grace for grace. I want to be wise so that I can be right there by God, so that I can get the grace for grace. Here's number three. Here's another uh, key uh, character that must, have, must be had in a Christian is humble. Humble. We have righteous, number one. We have wise, number two. And number three is humble. Look at Proverbs chapter number three. You're in Proverbs three, uh, eight. Turn to Proverbs chapter number three and verse number 34. Proverbs three and verse number 34. Surely he scorneth the scorners. But he giveth grace unto the lowly. Look at the verse. Surely he scorneth the scorners, but he giveth grace 
unto the lowly. And the Bible tells us in two places, almost synonymous, in James 4 and verse number 6, and 1 Peter 5 and 5, God says this, God resisted the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. And may I say with passion and with authority from the word of God, pride is the enemy of God's favor in your life. Pride is the enemy of God's favor in your life. You know, pride will keep you from being the husband you should be. Pride will keep you from being the wife you should be. Pride will keep you from being the young person you should be. Pride will keep you from being the child in a home that you should be. Pride will keep you from being the pastor you should be. Pride will keep you from being the choir member you should be. And it goes on and on and on and on. I don't want that. I don't want God's resistant to me working because it's hard. I want to work with God. I want it so symbiotic. I want it so natural that as I take a step, uh, I should say God takes a step, I follow and take a step. I want God's blessing on my family. I want God's blessing on my children, each and every one. I want God's blessing on my grandkids, if I ever have one. I want God's blessing on our church. I want God's blessing on the nursery. I want God's blessing on this toddler's room. I want God's blessing on our teenagers. I want God's blessing on our couples. I want God's blessing on our senior ministry. I want God's blessing on us. Join me and want it too. Join in money and God's wanting it to you. God God is offering it to us. God is offering it to us. Righteous. Wise. Humble. And you cannot be humble on your own. You need the grace of God to be humble. But as you are humble, God gives you that humble grace. He says, okay, now that you're humble, I'll give you more grace. Because I got something for you to do. I'm going to put you through something so humiliating that if you didn't have the grace of humility, you wouldn't even get to this point of grace. And that's how God's going to do it. God's going to use your life as a shining testimony if you just let him. And number four. Oh, this is a hard one for me. Man, I'm in trouble with this one. I'm in trouble with a lot of them, <laughs> just to be honest. But look at number four in Proverbs 3. And verses 3 to 4. Merciful. Man, a lot of us independent Baptists can park there just a little bit. Merciful. We have no problem receiving mercy. In fact, at times we're entitled to it in our mind. And we want people to be merciful to us. But how are you to other people? You need God's grace to have mercy. Proverbs 3 and verse 3 to 4. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. I think God means business about mercy and truth. I think he means mercy. He, this is something important. Put it in your neck. Hold it onto your neck. Put it in your heart. Verse 4. So shalt thou find favor. And good understanding in the sight of who? God and man. I need mercy from God. And I need mercy from you. But I need to give you some mercy too. Merciful. Merciful. Are you merciful today? 
You have the grace of mercy. All of us Christians should be merciful. For we have been shown the greatest mercy that any human being has ever, has ever experienced. You realize I am not going to hell ever. I don't ever have the fear of that because I have been saved. Number five, truthful. Truthful. Look at uh, the same verse, Proverbs 3, 3 and 4. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. As mercy, you need to bind them about your neck and write them on the table of your heart. So is truth. Why? Verse 4, so shalt thou find favor and good understanding, excuse me, in the sight of God and man. Somebody liked to say it this way. You want to be on blessing ground. You want to be on blessing ground. Are you desiring that? Are you desiring that? You should. Here's some hard question I've been asked lately. And man, I don't even want to say it because it's so hard. Somebody said they just gotten saved. They said this. You mean, Pastor, then, if this is the way of salvation, I know for sure my grandparents didn't believe this way. My friend that died didn't believe this way. How about them? And it just settles it a little bit more because God is a God that's just and is a holy God. And so sin has to be paid for. This is a hard truth about my God, and sometimes people walk away from him because of this truth. He means what he says. He said, if a man doesn't get born again, he shall not see the kingdom of God. Guys, that's a hard thing to say to somebody that just gotten saved and excited about Jesus Christ and didn't say it the way I said it to you. I try to, I try to encourage her, and I try to put it in this spin. Well, that's why we have to go tell people. That's why we have to go tell people. That's why we have to tell people. That's why we have to share the gospel because of that simple truth. Truthful. How are you in these five things? Thomas Adams had this quote. Grace comes into the soul as the morning sun into the world. First a dawning, then a light, and at last the sun is in full and excellent brightness. And that's the Christian walk. Come, Jesus comes into our soul. And then we become the light of the world because he is the light of the world. And then we light up. And then as we follow him in righteousness, we light up some more. We follow him in wisdom, we light up some more. We follow him in humility, we light up some more. We follow him in mercy, we light up some more. We follow him in truth, we light up some more. And what is the whole thing? Matthew 5.16. Let your light shine. You can't help it if you know Jesus Christ. He's going to burst that out of you. He's going to come out of all of you. He's just going to shine if you let him. If you follow this idea of grace for grace. Let God do the impossible in your life. Just believe him. Just trust him. Just believe it by faith. You believe him in salvation. Believe him for everything else. Believe him in everything else. He's going to bring a situation to you. He's going to bring a, a circumstance that is just special to you. Let God's grace help you. 
and survive it and not just that, thrive in it. And then, and then get God the glory. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify God, your Father, which is in heaven. So if grace is like a sun, then I want to do some sunbathing. I want to bathe in it. I want to just put myself right in its ray and say, please, I need more of it. 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 Here's another one, Jerry Briggs. Here's a good one. Your worst days are never so bad that you are beyond the reach reach of God's grace. Your worst days are never so bad that you are beyond the reach of God's grace. And your best days, this is how you live in grace for grace. And your best days are never so good that you are beyond the need of God's grace. Your worst days are never so bad that you are beyond the reach of God's grace. But your best days should never be so good that you are beyond the need of God's grace. We are independent people. We are raised to be independent. And sometimes that is a culture that we have to break in looking at the Bible way. Because the Bible did not want us to be independent within ourselves. It teaches us interdependent to God. Individually, you have to be interdependent with God. You're saying that my source of me making it in life, my source of me doing it, my source of me being successful, my, me making it, is all, is all wrapped up in Jesus Christ. So Chris Barron could never take any credit for anything good. For in me dwelleth no good thing, my brother Paul says. But I am what I am by the grace of God. And his grace is sufficient for any of us. Have you experienced grace for grace? You need to. Because we need you to have favor with your neighbors. We need to because we need you to have favor with your coworkers. We need you because we need you to have favor with your children as you raise them. Children, we need you to have favor with God because you need that to respect mom and dad and obey them. And church members, it doesn't depend on a few of us. Oh my, if you do that, we're in big trouble. It depends on all of us reaching out to God and saying, God, I'm going to have this idea that the grace you gave me now is something I need so that I can move on to the next grace. And I'm going to experience your fullness, the entirety of God, and I said this last week, some of us are missing out on what God can really do. And let me say this, we're missing out on who God truly is. And so may I ask you, are you wanting grace? Are you wanting God's favor? He gave it to you freely in salvation, but he wants you to continue. And let us think of that tonight. Lord, we come. And are thankful for the grace you've given to us. Lord, the gift of your grace. Lord, thank you so much. Help us as you enable us to be righteous through your sacrifice. As you enable us to be wise. As you enable us to be humble. As you enable us to be merciful. As you enable us to be truthful. You're the one that wills in that in our life. Lord, I pray that we would just follow you by faith. 
and let you develop us, make us into something we can't make ourselves. And Lord, may we shine that glory, your glory, in our lives so others can see you in us. And Lord, if you can do it for us, I know you can do it for them out there. And Lord, help us. Encourage us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen.